Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Sarah, one of the founders of Amazing If, and I'm joined by my co-founder, Helen. Hello, everyone. And before we dive into this week, we just wanted to say thank you for all the support that we've had, particularly for the Values podcast that we did. I think it's number 42, the Values podcast. I'm getting better at remembering You're what better than comes me. in what order. <laughs> but so many people have written to us to say how useful that podcast was and that it was a really good use of... Lots of people saying 30 minutes. I think we might have strayed over into more like 40 minutes. <laughs> Very likely. Yeah, we try really hard to keep them under half an hour, but um, sometimes I think we basically get a bit carried away with our own enthusiasm and interest in squiggly careers so if you haven't had a chance to have a listen to that one yet it does seem to be one of our most popular so far so it might be worth spending some time with and for anyone who's new to our podcast the purpose of the podcast really is to help you develop the skills that you'd need to succeed in a squiggly career we found that I think when we started our careers we thought we were going to be climbing these career ladders and that was the kind of the analogy that probably most of us recognize and maybe clung to for a while but actually our careers are feeling way more squiggly these days. Loads of change, loads of ambiguity. And sometimes it can feel really brilliant, uh, full of opportunity. But at times it can also feel really overwhelming and actually onto today's topic quite lonely. And so that's why we really want to do this podcast every week so that we just hope it gives you some really practical actions, hints and tips that will help you at work this week, next week and um, into the future. Well, so on intro. today's topic, oh, thank you. Um, on to today's topic. So we're going to be talking about loneliness at work today. And this was really prompted by an article that I read uh, in The Telegraph a couple of weeks ago, where it was talking about just the rise of loneliness at work. So a survey by Relate showed that uh, 42% of us don't have a single friend in the office. That makes, that makes me really sad, uh, the idea of not having a single friend in the office. And actually, and this was new news to me, we have in the UK the world's first loneliness minister, a lady called Tracy Crouch, and they commissioned a survey that showed 9 million people in the UK are affected by, I think that's loneliness generally, not not just sort of loneliness at work. But it is something that I guess within squiggly careers is something that we need to be mindful and think about. Mm-hmm. So Helen, do you want to talk a bit about how you think squiggly careers are going to impact loneliness generally? 
I think some of the things that we talk about when we reference Squiggly Careers are that technology means that people can work in lots of different places. So you're seeing this rise of lots of freelance working and then people can move around companies a lot more easily. People stay in jobs for fewer years than maybe generations above us. So it's just there's kind of a lot, lots more change. And because of that, I was when I was doing some research into this, it was saying that people have the, the, the sense of a job family, like you go to work and the people that you work with are like your family. That is dissipating because there's so much more change and people are moving around a lot more and so I think that's really where squiggly careers affect the potentially the strength of some of the relationships that you have with people and it's not always about the quantity of relationships so actually in squiggly careers you might end up having more relationships with people because you're moving around more you're working in different places but it's the quality of the relationships that might be affected by it and I think hopefully what we can talk about a little bit today is some of those actually some of our experiences of being lonely at work but hopefully some advice for you of when you can really take control of that quality and you might have to sort of put some more conscious effort into it but how you can sort of prevent yourself yourself or other people from feeling lonely at work and this is really worth spending time thinking about also if you're leading a team or part of an organization because it's shown that where people feel like they've got friends at work they've got meaningful quality relationships that as you'd imagine, your individual performance improves. And then that translates into things like, you know, the quality of customer satisfaction, the quality of work that you do. And I find it really interesting that um, there's a company called Gallup who do lots of work on colleague engagement and they design big colleague engagement surveys that lots of big companies uh, use and they, they kind of have lots of best practice in this area. And one of the questions they actually include in their surveys is, do you have a best friend at work? And I think this idea of having a best friend at work sometimes feels a little bit uncomfortable or unusual when you first say it to someone. But actually, again, all of their research has shown that when you actually answer yes to that question, those are the people who are more likely to stay in roles, enjoying what they do and just being better kind of generally. So what we thought we would do today is um, both share an example of where we felt lonely at work, so times where we both experienced it and where we've almost felt the opposite, just to describe, I think, some of the kind of the scenarios and maybe start to think about some of the things that trigger loneliness and the opposite where, you know, what can you do to make sure that you don't you don't feel that kind of sense of isolation? And at the end, try and finish with some hints and tips from some of the reading that we've done um, prior to this week. So some some ideas that we've stolen slash borrowed from elsewhere, but also just some of our own experiences about things that have kind of worked well for us. And as always, we'll make sure that we link to all of the resources because this week that's particularly important because there's lots of really good reading you can do about the subject. So Helen, do you perhaps want to kick off um, maybe just describing, maybe let's start with, given we are talking about loneliness, uh-huh. let's, and it's, it feels a bit sad to talk about on a Monday evening, <laughs> I know, but when, I know. You know, when, have you felt, uh, when have you felt lonely of, at work and, and why that was? Do you know, if, if, I think it feels, it just feels sad to talk about, but I think it's important because we're so, I'm always so positive about career stuff and everything's happening. And I think it is important that there's a reality that to that too. And I definitely have had times when I've felt lonely. Um, one early on in my career that was, is kind of particularly poignant for me because it was so different to what I expected was when I went to go and work for Procter & Gamble. And again, as caveat, caveat, no reflection on Procter & Gamble. It was a great company, great brands. But for me, there was something that was uh, not quite right about the time that I joined in my career. So I joined on um, almost like a an experienced graduate scheme, if you know what I mean. So it wasn't kind of straight out of university. Yeah. I'd actually been working for a couple of years before I went on to that 
a kind of commercial graduate scheme thing with a with a cohort of other people. Um, what was quite nice was that there was a couple of us that joined in the same program. So the three of us that sort of were direct entry because we were experienced hires. But I remember feeling like I just felt a bit like I was in a different place to everybody else in some ways. So they were all quite happy. It was very, very social. Everybody went out together. They all got kind of really drunk together. And I um, I didn't kind of live, actually, the uh, Procter & Gamble's head office is in Weybridge and I was living in the Midlands at the time. And I remember feeling that I was sort of in a, in a just like physically in a different place like I lived out a different place to all these people but also I felt like I was at a different stage you know I, I had my own house I was quite settled in a relationship I didn't live in the city the same city that everybody else did I had gone to Procter and Gamble to like to progress my career and to progress it quite quickly and I was quite ambitious and in my mind it's funny what you're saying about do you have a close friend at work I hadn't gone there to make friends but I felt like I was, I was with a group of people <laughs> to work guys you know it sounds awful but I feel like a lot of those people were there to to make friends and to, to this, this sounds so awful I sound terrible I feel like they'd gone there to have friends and have fun <laughs> and they were definitely doing that and whilst I'm not anti any of those things it wasn't the purpose that I was there I wanted to be brilliant at my job and do a great job and learn and progress and I'd had all of these ambitions that I had held that opportunity up to that it just didn't fit and I was really lonely I felt out of step with everybody there I felt like I was just in a different place with a slightly different agenda and almost looking at a group of people from the outside and it was, you know, it was fine. I was friendly with everybody. And actually, do you know what? You probably wouldn't have known. And when I left, it was one of the reasons that I left that company was because I just felt uncomfortable. And everyone was super shocked because on the face of it, I was doing really well and I was really friendly with people. But do you know what? Inside, I just didn't feel, just didn't feel happy. I didn't feel like part part of it and I felt that I was kind of faking it a little bit. Um, yeah, I just felt really, just felt really, really lonely like someone on the outside of it. Mine is really different. So mine is also a bit to do with geography. So I'd been working again up in the Midlands. There's a theme because that's where we both met. Um, And I'd moved down to London and went to work in Canary Wharf for um, Barclays. And I'd already been working for Barclay Card and I moved down to London to work for Barclays. And actually, one of my best friends now is someone I met at Barclays. And I went on to have, I think, one of my best ever jobs at Barclays. But there was a particular period of time where I'd just moved down to London, so I didn't really know very many people. I'd moved into a new role. And there is some, there was also something about that environment within Canary Wharf that I found really intimidating. Because, uh, you know, all the buildings in Canary Wharf are 31 to 32 uh, floors high. <laughs> you know, it's quite sterile. It's very corporate. And actually, it's really efficient. And lots of it quite, quite appealed to me in terms of how clean and nice everywhere is in Canary Wharf. But it's not somewhere where if you don't know loads of people, it doesn't encourage an environment of getting to know people. And, you know, especially when you're working in a big corporate generally, it's really easy, I think, in a big corporate to feel like a very, very small fish in a very, very big pond. And that's definitely how I felt for a while, because I just didn't have that confidence. I didn't feel like I'd found my place. And I actually have got really strong memories of at lunch times. That's almost when I felt the most lonely because I got no one to have lunch with. Now, actually, I'm really happy having lunch by myself. But when you have lunch by yourself every day for lots and lots of weeks, that does become does become quite lonely. And the other thing that's really different to now is um, technology at that point. This is quite this is probably 10 years, <laughs> nine years ago now, wasn't quite in the same place. So um, you couldn't like WhatsApp people in the same way. So I used to sit in a coffee shop um, almost like by myself. I think I could afford to have one coffee, but not any food. 
So I'd like eat food separately and, and, and like treat myself to like one, one nice coffee. And yeah, I'd, I'd read my book, which I enjoyed or read a magazine, but I couldn't really connect with anyone at that time. And so it felt very, and, and I'd also got a job that was quite me in isolation doing various different things. So I didn't have a naturally sociable job. And actually, again, similar to kind of your to your story, I stayed in that role for a period of time and quite enjoyed it, but then moved into a role where actually it was naturally more um, reliant on you being able to connect dots, work mm-hmm. with different teams. Um, and I was definitely kind of much happier. Some of it, I think, though, is also just um, time. When yeah, I reflect I on it now... I think you have to give yourself the space and time and you realise that depending on how quickly you build relationships, because this is really about quality relationships, for me, I actually take quite a long time to build quality relationships with people. I don't kind of make friends quickly. That's just not kind of me or my personality. And so when I look back on lots of the organisations I've worked in, I've actually got a best friend in every company pretty much I've ever worked for. And those people are genuine, really deep uh, I'm hoping for life, best friends, but it it was never they were never best friends in the first twelve months, eighteen months. They were all people who became best friends during almost like post the twelve or eighteen month period because that's clearly the amount of time I needed to get comfortable and to start to build the relationships more than just at a surface level. And, and I so haven't done that. Oh, that I, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, I think I've from all my company, I can't think of any. I definitely haven't got any best friends from companies that I've worked for and I'm okay with that well just, just one, one yeah, second but you, you, you um, came before you came before <laughs> we, we worked in the same company yeah but we were at university before this is like oh, a little okay. dispute now everyone you're listening to oh. no you don't count anyway you're just like okay oh, you're just nice. like here all the time <laughs> I mean from <laughs> in a nice way I mean from um from all the companies that I've worked at I was I I think I've got more comfortable that as I've gone through jobs. So that time at Procter & Gamble was quite a long time ago and I remember, you know, that feeling quite raw. But I've actually sort of accepted now that I'm I'm lucky if I make friends at work, but it's definitely not part of my satisfaction in jobs. So I've almost sort of reset my loneliness level in that I would have to feel super, super isolated. So I definitely like to connect with people at work and have really like authentic relationships and I really like being part of a leadership team and having friends at work but I don't need those friends to be more than that I don't I'm you know if it's just within a working day and it feels like a nice environment and it's really positive and it's sort of work friends I'm fine with that and I don't need to go out with people to feel like I'm kind of part of the team I think something's just changed in my mindset where that's just not it's lovely if it happens but it's I'm okay if it doesn't I feel like I'm sort of getting my bucket filled in other places so I have a core group of friends and I have a really nice network and I get I think that it's really important to feel a sense of belonging and it's really important to feel like a sense of relationships and that friends I don't think it all has to come from your job so it's lovely if it does but equally if you get that fulfillment um, and I think it's human nature to need some of that stuff if you get that fulfillment from other places I'm okay if that I don't have it in my day job because I know I get it with you or I know I get it with the people that I run other networks with and so that's how I, I guess how I fill it up so it's, it's important to me but I don't put the uh, pressure on my job to provide it yeah and I think that's one of my reflections actually as I've just become more experienced and and worked in various different roles is not relying on your core job or your current job to always give you that sense of belonging and and kind of togetherness and I think what I'm finding is I almost like like I said I kind of collect best friends as I go but I definitely take them with me 
And so actually when I'm then in a new situation, so, you know, I started a new job about six months ago, I think I don't have that same expectation of thinking, oh, well, I'll definitely make a you know, brilliant friend here in the very short term, because I know that's not necessarily in my nature. And I know those things take time. And almost if I even if I didn't, I've because I kind of take people with me from job to job, from role to role, you feel like you have that support network, you feel like you've got other people you can talk to. And you know, the joys of technology, if you ever are having a slightly lonely lunch break, you have got, you know, Mm. other ways of connecting with people in a very kind of quick and easy way which often can just help to you to feel a bit like you're part of something because that's what I think we all want we all want to feel like we are you know working with sociable animals even whether you're introvert or extrovert we're all sociable we all want to feel like we're part of something and working together towards something and that technology point is interesting as well when I was looking at some research I, I looked at all the reasons that people are feeling more lonely at work and I found that I had a flip side to each of them um so for example there's a whole thing you know technology makes people more lonely but then I look at things like all the tools that you use so obviously Microsoft we use Microsoft Teams and other organizations use Slack and actually I'm part of the Hoxby Collective all of those people most of them I've not even met that are part of that network of freelancers but I feel connected to them because technology has enabled that so in some ways I almost have kind of higher quality relationships because of technology with a certain group of people than if I didn't have it also heavy workloads so that was looking at one of the reasons that people feel more lonely is because they've got heavier workloads they're working longer hours they're socializing less but I think as a result of that I have fewer more quality relationships because I don't I haven't got time to spend time with lots of people but I do have some a couple of really high quality relationships in and outside of work that fulfill that for me um there was social media was cited as a reason for more loneliness because people are just sort of engaging superficially in other people's worlds but my and your experience from things like instagram is this like super so i don't feel lonely at all on instagram there's this super i feel like there's a super lovely community of people that messages and comment and it feels really really real and they pop up on linkedin and i i kind of see those people now in different places or they'll email us and i it's you know I feel like that's actually far from created loneliness um, and another one was hot desking which is quite interesting it said that yeah that that actually you, you it's now created loneliness because when people have permanent desks they almost had this there was that concept of work family these people around them that they would see every day and that hot desking has eroded that and I I, I do get that but I think you can still hot desk as a team um, yeah and I agree I also think now there's more meetings. So one, I think that's the culture of a lot of places that you work isn't that you're in meetings more. So you are connecting with people. I think you maybe just have to put a little bit more effort into some of that connection. It's happening in a different place than maybe it used to. And so that you might need to change how you're building relationships with people. It's not, you can't kind of use the old ways of doing it by sitting at a desk and just looking at someone's pictures of their family. That's not there anymore. So you kind of need to look at new routes of building relationships. Yeah, and I think actually when talking about that, it made me think a little bit about the company that I work for. We're about to move into a WeWork space, which will naturally be, uh, so people who don't know WeWork, it's like a co-working space, but you can also have spaces for your company. And that space is going to have lots more, you know, breakout areas, hot desks. It's going to feel, you know, much more reflective of the way that everybody's working now. But what it won't mean is that we're all kind of cramped together in a really small environment that we've definitely outgrown. But there is something quite collaborative in when you have to both sit on the stairs to have a little chat for a meeting because you've run out of space or when you've, you know, you're all, you're basically you're overcoming adversity. Um, yeah. I use adversity in a kind of small way together. 
And that's in some ways you go, that's how you build relationships is often when maybe collectively things have not been great and you've worked on stuff. I do think you also build uh, deeper relationships where you've had, whether it's intense periods of work together or intense projects together, where there's almost this sense of camaraderie that goes above and beyond the day job of kind of getting, whether it's getting a project out the door, whether it's just a real challenge that you're trying to overcome. And again, thinking about in your role, I would encourage you to think about what's the nature of your job and can you uh, you know, make sure that as part of your role, you're doing things which will almost just help naturally help you to build relationships with lots of different types of people, especially if you do you know, work from home a fair bit or hot desk a fair bit. How do you still make sure you feel you know, that you're kind of present and that you belong? I totally agree with the overcoming adversity. If I If I think about all of my career actually and when when I have actually bonded with people it has been in those moments when you've been like in the thick of it when you've been trying to pull off an event when something's gone wrong with a product launch and you've got to sort it out really quickly or actually maybe you're all volunteering on something together I was speaking to someone from an organization today um Kerry Foods who've um their team about 45 people have all been working on the Special Olympics for uh five days together and exactly and how formative that had been for the team and inspiring that they were putting their time into something and they were doing everything from you know using a hammer and building stands to um, being part of kind of the badminton team and everyone that was part of that stuff so I think there you can create some of those opportunities I don't have to you don't have to create a panicky drama situation for this to happen they can actually you know a team volunteering together but that idea of a team coming together in a slightly more intense period of time I think, yeah, can be super formative and something that you could almost proactively create if you're feeling a little bit removed from the situation for whatever reason. I suppose in some ways it's that um, cliche, isn't it, of uh, we're all going to leave the office and go and paint a school kind for of, a day. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, but that is part of the reason people do those things is to build relationships that are above and beyond, you know, what people are doing day in, day out. Have you actually painted um, a school? I have. I have do you know what? I haven't. I've done. I've done the. Um, I've done the garden one. Okay. I've done like plant plant the garden. Um, I recently did an escape room, which actually <laughs> I think uh, some of the people I work with learned quite a lot about me in a short space of time because I think how competitive you, know, you are. It, no, no, it was more that I really didn't want to do it, <laughs> and I sort of hid it for a bit, and then I think in the bit before, I think people were just like I'd gone a bit quiet, and then I think I'd started asking quite intense questions like, okay, so how's it going to work, and oh, I don't. I just I really don't like the idea of being kind of stuck in something like that and I thought it was going to be more like dark and scary <laughs> but actually it was absolutely fine and it, and, it, and it was fun and funny so it was, it was actually a good thing to do. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, shall we do just some hints and tips from our experiences of things that either we found useful in terms of some of the positive experiences that we've had maybe where we've gone from feeling lonely to actually almost kind of lifting ourselves out of that or just some of the best practice that we've read from uh, some of the articles yes sure shall I go uh, first with one and we'll, we'll go, go back and it. forth and um, so my one is to find try and find people who have similar interests or perspectives to you in the organization so these people might not um, exist in your direct team so for example at Microsoft I did a session around side projects and I got talking to people about their side projects and I found that I was connecting with people that I felt a real sense of um, kind of, I was excited by them and I felt a real similarity. I mean, there was somebody that had um, an observatory and uh, someone else who um, sits on a board of an experiential theatre company. And, you know, just knowing that there were people there that I could have this conversation with and I I could be my full self with them and we had a different conversation than the day-to-day of work just made me feel more connected with people. And I think it starts with you, if that's going to be your approach. It starts with you being open and honest about what excites you, what you're part of, uh, bringing, you know, that whole bit cheesy but very true, that bringing your full self to work, just kind of opening yourself up a little bit to other people about, you know, the things that you do, the things that you enjoy. Um, And then you can often find other people in an organisation who have some kind of similar things that they're interested in. I just think it can help you create a bridge to some connections that can make you feel um, more like there are people like you that you can talk to and that will understand you, particularly if you don't see that in your direct team. That's my first one. Cool. Um, My first one is actually a very tactical, practical thing about taking your lunch break. (laughs) And actually, when I say lunch break, in reality, I think what I really mean is just taking a break from, you know, taking the time to go um, out of the office, whether that's for coffee or lunch or whatever time of day it might be, and doing that with somebody else. And that someone else can be someone in your team, in your organisation, or I think just somebody 
um, who you want to spend some time with. It could be your sister. It can be your friend who happens to work near you. Um, but I think just that change of scenery and spending time with someone else um, in a very different context where you're not in a meeting is actually really valuable. Um, I was reflecting actually on, let's say last week, uh, we were together um, recording our first online courses mm-hmm. um, last Thursday. And actually we we often when we're together have quite, you know, we have quite limited time and we often are quite task orientated. We have a, a number of things to get done within a short space of time. Whereas actually on that day, we'd actually got time at the end of the day to just spend time together in a slightly more sociable setting, i.e. we just went to a pub for a bit. <laughs> and... I was thinking just how important that is because actually that meant that we spent time having, there was something about that different environment and even though we'd still got some work stuff we were meant to be talking about, actually our conversation strayed into lots of other areas outside of work and what we were doing with Amazing If. And that's really valuable because that brings um, a sense of belonging, somebody understanding you, empathy, that's way bigger than just, oh, we did a good job of the tasks that we had to deliver on today. So I think also, just ta- taking a break... That yeah. that picture of us on Instagram uh, is our most oh, yeah. liked is our most liked Instagram picture. So maybe we should just do what, it of more. Us drinking. Yeah, of us drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, more good. drinking. <laughs> I'm not sure what that says about our Instagram following. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my second tip is um, actually it's inspired by a book that I I one of the most powerful books I've ever read called Option B. It's actually not a career book. It's um, written by Sheryl Sandberg and Adam Grant, and it's about um, dealing with loss and developing resilience and it's just a very um just a really powerful book for how you can help other people get through loss and help them to be resilient but the bit that sticks with me is um something that Sheryl Sandberg talks in there about a statement where you ask somebody how are you and there's a big difference between asking how are you which is a bit flippant and everyone kind of says it when they're passing and specifically saying how are you today and just that addition of the word today makes it a little bit more intentional and there are, you know, 60% of people, there's kind of research by um, the charity Mind and, and Total Jobs, 6% of people are feeling lonely. So I think, it's, you know, every other person you're talking to at work is feeling like this, which I think is a really important thing to realise. And you can model the behaviours you want to see in other people. And literally when you're talking to somebody, just asking them how you're feeling today or what's going on today, uh, whether it's in a meeting or in your one-to-ones or when you're in the coffee queue or wherever it is, I just think asking that question once a day to somebody is having a slightly deeper conversation than just, hey, doing? Yeah, fine, yeah, see you later, which is what most you know conversations are when we speak to people, just being a little bit more intentional about that conversation. I think it's very important. And I'm having done a bit of research into this. That's the very specific thing that I'm taking away with me is like, you know, at least once a day, I'm going to ask somebody, how are you feeling today? As part of my kind of daily things that I'll do with my team. That's, uh, that's, I think that's a really good specific thing that people can do. I'm not sure I could say the today bit, just in terms mm. of something that I would authentically say, there's something about that that just makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. So I think I need to, just listening to you talk then, I was like, okay, I just, I just wouldn't say that sentence. Uh, but maybe I might say, um, like, how are you feeling at the moment? Or mm-hmm. how are things going at the moment and, and maybe the at the moment works but I was just I was I was checking that it still achieves the same thing because I think what the today thing does really nicely is it's it's in that moment it's it's about the present and it's checking in with how someone is feeling more specifically than just the general yeah I'm all good cheers you know how we, it's that sort of hey weekend yeah it was good 
yeah, whereas actually flippant. like what did you get up to at the weekend is actually much more interesting so I think yeah just reflecting on as you were talking then I was like I just have to find I think my own way to do that I think at the moment at the moment things really nice like a very natural way of saying it so hopefully that has given you some useful hints and tips on a just how to overcome loneliness if it's something that you're experiencing definitely knowing that in your loneliness you're not not alone if that makes sense yeah that's because nice. it, is something, it is something that so many people are experiencing and to know that I think some of these things are definitely phases and that there are things there are ways I guess techniques in terms of how you can cope with these things and things that you can do to hopefully come out of those periods of loneliness quicker so that you can get to the point where you're just you know being yourself and uh, enjoying your time at work so I think that's it for this week as always we will post all of the uh, resources when we put the podcast live please do let us know what you think Uh, we love hearing ideas for the podcast we love it when people get in touch on instagram on twitter or you can email us at getintouch at amazingif.com if you want to connect with us on linkedin uh, please do we're really easy to find just sarah ellis and helen tupper please let us know that you're connecting with us um because you've listened to the podcast because we do get quite a lot of uh, connection requests (laughs) and sometimes i think oh i wonder if there's someone who's listened to the podcast so please let us know if you are a podcast listener and any ideas for uh, future episodes always very welcome and next week we're going to be talking about career pivots so i recently wrote an article on this for marketing week that's had quite a positive response actually from people that's a very modest thing it's had a good positive response from people that i think are feeling like they're interested in career pivots and would like to hear a little bit more about this so next week's episode is going to be on that so tune in if you'd like to hear a little bit more about maybe pivots that we've taken in the past um whether it be from industry to industry or company to company whatever it be um our thoughts on that and how you can think about your own pivots So that's it for this week, everyone. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.